This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, we discuss the lifestyle of a 767 cargo pilot, with Josh. But before we begin, if you want to be a guest on the show, please visit aviationcareerspodcast.com and click on the online course about how you can become a guest just like Josh. And if you have any questions for Josh or for me that might come up through the show, uh, mail us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. And don't forget to check out our new reading list, our recommended reading list at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash recommended reading. As a matter of fact, one of Josh's books that he's going to recommend is in that reading list. Uh, it's a really good book. But uh, anyway, without further ado, I want to say welcome, uh, Josh, to the show. It's been a while since we talked. Yeah, it has been a while. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Yeah, well, Josh, we appreciate you being here. Uh, you've had this incredible, varied career, and, uh, and you're now flying a 767 as a cargo pilot, and I think that's really cool. But I think when we first uh, started talking, you were flying Cessnas and Cirruses and uh, doing some flight instructing, and I think that's uh, really, really, uh, really awesome. So uh, anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your path to the cockpit, uh, you know, to the 767 and where you are now. Awesome, yeah, so it, it started out like a lot of people. Um, I grew up just fascinated with all things aviation. And uh, you know, a lot of times my grandfather would take me out to the airport where he was a mechanic and you know, we'd see airplanes torn apart that were being worked on. You know, we'd go to air shows and that just, that's where it all started for me. And that's, that's where I just knew, I'm like, that's what I wanna do, I wanna fly airplanes. And so, um, went through high school as soon as I graduated high school jumped into flight training and I I grew up in Wyoming and I worked with a small flight school out there it was a great great school to be at they had plenty of airplanes the the cost was awesome for what I was receiving and it was so great I uh, did my private my instrument commercial single engine and my CFI initial with that school and then um, from there, I actually moved to Florida and started instructing in Central Florida. And that was uh, a huge move and a great opportunity. And then from there, once I was instructing and, and gaining time, I went back and I, I did my uh, flight instructor instrument and then did my commercial multi-add-on and then eventually my multi-engine instructor. And... Um, one of the big things I want to highlight about the route I went is I was able to start building time as an instructor and the school I worked at, they were so desperate for instructors and um, people that could teach instrument and that could teach multi. They actually ended up paying for my additional flight instructor ratings. And so all I did was I guaranteed them a year of my time for the the instrument instructor, and then for multi-engine, they wanted 200 hours of dual given in the uh, multi-engine aircraft there. So it was a great deal, and it really created a, it gave me the opportunity to become a very well-rounded instructor, and it, I can't thank them enough for that opportunity, and it's 
every time I talk with people, it's it's such a great option when you can go that route and uh, come up with creative ways that don't necessarily cost you a whole lot to get these ratings. And it's, you know, it's a really great thing. I hear that from some people that they've done that. You've uh, maybe you have to commit though to a, a year of your time. Were you hesitant to do that? I was a little bit at first, um, but when I did the math on it, you know, I was going to be there at, at least eighteen months to get the hours that I needed to qualify for my ATP, and so the terms on it and, and what they were expecting it was very reasonable and ultimately I, it was the right decision for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the right decision for many people. I know we worry about signing these long-term contracts, but uh, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, before we start talking about you know being a cargo pilot, how long did it take you, do you think, from day one of starting your training to actually fly in the 767? Uh, let's see, I did my private, say I think it was January of... Um, 2017 was when I got my private and then from there I actually I took about a year and a half off um, just because I there were some big transitions in life I was engaged and getting married and, and so I took a little bit of time off and um, when I really actively started going after it was actually the early summer of 2018 and so from um, about June of 2018 to mid-October of 2018 was when I did my instrument commercial single and CFI initial. Um, and then from there, uh, I started uh, my initial training for the 7.6 in uh, March of 2022, you know, roughly four years. So from from day one to, you know, flying this large, heavy jet, that's uh, four years. I always tell people you can become an overnight success in this field and within five years you know and uh it's amazing uh looking back how quickly it went but during that period i'm sure for you it it must have kind of been a little bit scary and also felt like forever oh absolutely i mean it looking back i i'm still amazed at how quick i was able to move up and i mean during 2020 with covid and, you know, I, w I was furloughed from the flight school I worked for. And then, you know, I went to Part 135 Cargo for a season. And then, you know, it was right at the beginning of hiring at the, the airlines when they started hiring again. And then here I am at flying a 7.6. And it's, it's, been an it's been an amazing ride. Um, it hasn't been easy, but it's been an amazing ride with a lot of great experiences along the way. I think that's important to point out that it's not easy. I mean, everybody looks at the the current shortages, and uh, so what we have to realize is that it's such a long term to get to like where you are. Uh, you may wind up having a downturn, but you have to kind of make it through that and uh, and really try to keep motivated. How were you able to keep yourself motivated through those times where you know COVID happened and that type of thing? Naturally, I'm just I tend to be an optimist. And so I, I knew I just, I needed to kind of think outside the box and get creative to see who was hiring during that time or what types of jobs that I qualified for. And through that and looking everywhere, uh, I was able to find an opportunity in Kansas city. And so I, I had to move uh, and that was, you know, I wasn't super thrilled about that because I love central Florida, but you know, I was able to keep flying and, and it was the right decision 
career wise to just keep moving and you know eventually i'll get back to florida but that that was one of the tough parts but i mean really it was talking to everyone that i knew networking doing as much research as i could online to see you know who's hiring where the job postings are and and those types of things I know people are waiting and with bated breath as to you know what it's like to be a cargo pilot, but I really think it was great that you uh, made it to where you are, and I think a big part of it is your attitude. You had the, a great attitude throughout this whole process. I know we've known each other for a few years, and I think that plays a very key role in your success as an airline pilot in general. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Tell us a little bit. Let's let's talk seven sixty seven, and uh, I mean, what a what a cool airplane! What a you know, it's a, a a really large airplane. I know you went from the small airplane to a large one, but uh, first of all, let's talk lifestyle, and then we'll we'll talk about some of the challenges and stuff. Like what what's it like? Um, describe what you're doing. Like it's uh you know, what type of flying is it scheduled on non scheduled, and what's it like the day in life of a seven sixty seven cargo pilot? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, it's like you said, it's an amazing airplane and the company I'm working for, we, we fly two variations of it. We have some of the two hundreds and then some of the the three hundreds, both great airplanes. Um, right now I'm actually just kind of coming off a reserve. So I'm starting to see kind of a composite schedule. So right now I have some trips that are scheduled and then I also have some days that I'm on reserve. Most of our flying is scheduled. Um, and so there's not a lot of, you know, last minute changes. If we're we're sitting what we call airport reserve, where we are on call to go at a moment's notice, that's where we might see some of the unscheduled operations. And a lot of times it's a, a recovery flight for another carrier. Um, so we, we haul cargo for DHL and Amazon. Those are our two biggest customers. And so sometimes, you know, another airline, they might have a breakdown or they might have some kind of operational issue. And so we'll get launched off of airport reserve to go conduct that flight and get that cargo back to wherever it needs to go. Um, so that's, that's about the limit of our unscheduled operations. It's not, not too bad. And the, the schedule, you know, that's one of the harder adjustments is there is a lot of nighttime flying. And so training your body to sleep during the day and, and work at night, it takes a little bit of time. But it's definitely something that you can do and and adjust to over time. So do you go out at the same time every day? Um, it, it depends on who we're operating for. So our DHL flights, typically they tend to go out early, early morning, you know, between midnight to 3 a.m. is a lot of time. That's typically the schedule we'll see for flights leaving. The Amazon flights, usually they're either late at night, so departing late evening arriving early morning or they depart in the morning the uh like what i would consider late morning which is you know between 5 to 8 a.m um and then they have some stuff kind of in the middle of the day it's there's definitely a lot of different schedules i it's rare that i fly at the same time every day it's you know sometime i would say it's generally close you know where my show time to the airport is two to three in the morning that'd be kind of my average. So it's very similar to a lot of the passenger airlines that fly longer flights where they come in and go at many different times. They could be flying red eyes, but uh, I think most people are under the impression, it sounds like it's true, that um, 
much of your flying is done overnight, more so than like your friends at the passenger airlines. Uh, I, I'm assuming that's they've talked to your friends at the passenger airlines, and that's true. Yeah, I, I would say that's true. I think probably two thirds to maybe three quarters of our flying is done at night time. Speaking of which, you don't carry people, so you're carrying cargo. So I, I kind of trying to get a feel for what the difference is, and I'm assuming the places where you go on the airport are different. Uh, basically, where you get dropped off and things like that. So you don't like go through a terminal to kind of walk us through that. Like where do you like where do you get dropped off, and how do you get picked up after you get to your destination? Yeah, it's it's actually a lot easier than when I was at the passenger airlines. Um, when we're flying cargo, we go to the facility for the, the company that we're flying for. So, you know, for instance, if it's a DHL flight, we're going to show up to the DHL facility at that airport. And then um, usually at that point, they'll run our bags through a x-ray machine and then uh, we'll walk out to the airplane. And they just, someone's there to escort us right out to the airplane. I think it takes probably... 10 minutes to go from the, the hotel shuttle to the airplane. So it's very straightforward. It's a, a pretty simple process. A lot different than standing online at TSA. Yeah, absolutely. As far as that's concerned, I think that is kind of cool that you can just jump in the van and go and, and uh, go to the hotel or be dropped off from the hotel. When you're, a lot of people talk about scheduled versus non-scheduled airlines. Um, would you consider what you do a more of a non-scheduled? And, and what's, what's kind of the difference there between the scheduled and non-scheduled? Um, you know, I would consider it scheduled because a lot of our flights to the cities that we fly, they go out at the same time every night. And so, um, I would definitely consider it scheduled because it's, you know, if I, if I'm going out to LA or if I'm going out to Seattle or Portland, I know what time that flight's departing and what time it's arriving. And so that's why I would consider it scheduled. I think non-scheduled would be more of that, um, you know, it could change night to night and your, you know, your start times could change. Um, when I was in the part 135 cargo world, that was definitely more of a non-scheduled operation where it's like, okay, tonight I'm leaving at this time and I'm going to this city or, you know, I could show up to the airport and they're like, actually, we need you to go to this city and you're going to depart at this time. From a lifestyle point of view, what are some of the benefits of flying cargo? So one of, one of the things that has been great for me is I, I'm actually a commuter. Um, and so, what I do is I actually work all my days in a row and then I'm off for 14 days. And so uh, that has been from a lifestyle standpoint, it's been great because when I'm home, I'm home and I've got, you know, all these days off in a row to take care of whatever I need to take care of. And for my wife and I, we've actually been doing a lot of traveling um, with this time. And from a lifestyle point, that's been probably the greatest thing for me. So when you said you commute, uh, for those that don't understand what, what commuting means, uh, tell give us like an example of what you mean by when you're commuting. Yeah, absolutely. So I currently live in North Carolina, and my crew domicile for the company I work for is in Cincinnati. And so what I have to do is I have to catch a flight from North Carolina up to Cincinnati in time to start my trip with my company out of Cincinnati. So that's what uh, commuting is. So you have to, uh, do you normally jump seat or do some free flights or do you have to pay for flights? So I, I don't have to pay for anything. Um, I'm able to ride on the jump seat for free. Typically, I actually ride a cargo flight out of North Carolina, um, but I've ridden the passenger flights as well. It's just mainly whatever whatever's going to be most convenient for me to, to get to Cincinnati. 
How many days do you work in a row? Uh, 16 to 17. It depends on uh, if the month has 30 or 31 days. So uh, would that bring up some challenges, I'm thinking? So let's talk about that. I'm assuming being away for that long could be one of the challenges of flying cargo. It it definitely can be a challenge um, because, you know, somewhere in there you got to handle laundry and then, you know, as far as meals and whatnot. Um, what I do is I, I do a lot of meal prep at home and that'll that'll get me through about seven days. And then at some point on the road um, at one of my layovers, I'll, I'll hit a grocery store and do the meal prep all over again and and i'll just kind of work it like that through the through the trip and so it, it can be a little bit tricky at times and you know sometimes the the meal prep doesn't quite work out because the where i'm at on a layover um but i mean those are kind of the two big things for me that were a big adjustment then you must do your all your laundry on the road so you're going to make sure you have a hotel that has a laundromat yep yeah most of the, the hotels we stay at they they all have a laundry facility and so it's just a matter of that, that's one of the things when I bid, because um, there's certain layovers that we have where actually the hotels have a free washer and dryer that we can use. And so a lot of times I'll bid those layovers kind of um, strategically when I know that I'll need to do laundry. And that, that has worked out pretty great. So we talked about the challenge of being away. Uh, as far as a cargo pilot, if someone's considering this, what do you think would be some of the other challenges uh, for people that are considering this as a career? Um, the challenge is, I mean, really adjusting to the schedule and flying at night. I think that's apart from, you know, being gone so many days, I think that's probably the hardest part is naturally your body doesn't want to be awake in the middle of the night and transitioning to that schedule can be pretty rough at first. Um, my, my first month off of, you know, once I completed training, um, it was a little rough trying to get back used to that, um, overnight flying type schedule. But after that first month, you know, it, I was able to get into a pretty good routine and then I've, I've been doing pretty good with it ever since. Yeah. I think you're, you're probably about on par with most people that say that's kind of the biggest, pro, biggest challenge is handling that scheduling. Um, and not that this passenger airlines don't have that either. You know, they do have a lot of night flying also. And I'm, I'm sure some of your associates and friends have, have seen that even at the passenger airlines, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. But when I was when I was at a regional airline, we definitely had some of those late night flights, and and those can be pretty tough. So, what would you say then is you know to end out on a, a really you know good note? What's your favorite aspect of of what you're doing as far as being a cargo pilot? I I love the layovers that we have. We we lay we have some pretty cool layovers. Um, you know, and when we're out in L.A., we're pretty close to the beach. In Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, we stay in Bethlehem, and there's a lot of cool history there with the, like Bethlehem Steel, in Steel Company that was there, and so it's just being able to go to these cool places and you know see, experience different ways of life because it, you know every, all different parts of the country, everything is different, the topography is different, and it's just it's cool to experience that and to explore that and and just to see more of the, the country and, and internationally as well. Um, because we do some international flying. Do you have time to explore, like on your overnights? How, how much time do you have? Most times we have 24 hours on a layover. Um, and there's actually some some layovers on the, the DHL side that are actually three and a half days long. Um, because some of the flying that DHL does doesn't fly over the weekend. So you might find yourself in LA for three and a half days and plenty of time to explore and, and learn more about you know whatever city you're, you happen to be laying over in. 
Wow, that sounds really cool, actually. Uh, that, that sounds like a huge bonus to what you're doing there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. As far as that's concerned, when you're on an overnight, um, they, uh, I, a lot of people assume, like with these companies, they give you a car. Do you have to go out and get rent a car or get Uber or something like that? No, the, the company I work for, they handle everything um, from the transportation to the hotels. And um, so it's, it's really easy. I mean, we just, we, sh- we fly the, you know, we operate the flight into the city and there's a van usually waiting for us to take us to the hotel. The hotel has everything for us and we, we go to our rooms and then the same is true in reverse when it's time to go back to work. You know, the, the shuttle's already scheduled. They get us back to the airport. Um, it, it's really easy. We don't, we don't have to worry about any of it um, as crew members. But as opposed to, say, like corporate flying, they don't actually give you like a rental car to go use on your overnights, right? No, they don't. I was trying to figure that out because I guess some people uh, think, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. I have a, a, all these days with a rental car, but you have to get your own, which is fine. I mean, that's uh, – and that's really – what you just said is probably my favorite part of flying for the airlines in general is going out and having long layovers and exploring the world. I love how you said Bethlehem, you know, in Allentown. That's kind of like – my backyard where I grew up in that area. And uh, and it's just so neat to see things that you wouldn't be able to see otherwise, except for the fact that you have this job that enabled you to go to that, that destination. I mean, you may never have seen Bethlehem Steel if you didn't have this job, right? I mean, that's, that's really cool, don't you think? I would have known, like, I would have never known about the Bethlehem Steel Company had I not been staying across the river from the old foundry and being like, oh, I wonder what that is. And taking the walk down there and experiencing it is really cool well that's awesome man i I tell you what i would i would highly suggest like airline flying to anybody but especially that type of flying where you can have long overnights uh where you can actually go out and explore some people don't like that but i'm i'm a huge fan of that uh and that's something you do get in the cargo cargo world that sometimes you don't get in the passenger world Uh, so that is definitely a big bonus if somebody's looking at this as a career and if we maybe we sold them on the fact that this is really cool and you're flying these big airplanes. I mean, you have seven, you're flying a 767 right now, which is a very large airplane. Um, and your company, I'm assuming, has, I think, another one. Is that correct? What, what do you have, I should ask? Um, so we have the, it's all a 767 fleet. It's just we have some of the 767-200s, which are a little bit smaller, and then the bigger 767-300s. Gotcha. Um, as far as from what you and people looking at it as a career, um, one of the things, uh, and before we, again, this is a, a question that's uh, I get a lot, is the fact that, well, if I can't get on with the passenger airlines, I'm going to go cargo. And I think people don't realize that cargo actually is is a destination that a lot of people want. It's just as competitive to get into the cargo world. And uh, I was wondering if you can maybe give us a little bit of color there if someone is thinking, oh, if I can't make it to the passengers, I'll just go cargo. When someone says that, you know, what would you say to them? I'd say it's just as competitive as the passenger airlines in in that people do want to, they do want to be on the cargo side and it's competitive, but definitely it's attainable. If that's where you want to be, you know, making connections with people and networking, you know, working hard towards the requirements to work at one of these companies, like it, it's doable. You can do it. It's and it's it's a pretty cool place to be. How would you suggest somebody prepare to succeed in flying a heavy jet uh, at a cargo airline? So I, I would definitely recommend the the Turbine Pilots Flight Manual. 
um, is that is just, it's an amazing resource. The way it's written, it really breaks down some of those hard to understand concepts in a way that you can understand it and then apply it to the company where you're working and understanding the airplane that you're flying. Um, I wouldn't say this, the 767 is any harder than any other jet. Um, it, it's just a little bit different. And so it's, although it's not harder, it's just a matter of relearning the Boeing philosophy, or if, you know, if you're transitioning to another jet, learning that company's philosophy and how the airplane is designed, it's, it's really comes down to just being willing to learn and open to new things and, and changing your way of thinking to, um, you know, just adapting to what's needed to the company you're working for. If someone was looking for, for, to answer, you know, for some questions and stuff like that to, you know, for you, Josh, I'm going to have them send some emails to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com, but they can find that turbine pilots flight manual, by the way, at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash recommended reading. Um, anything else you can tell us, Josh, before we go, just, uh, as far as getting prepared for a career as a, as a cargo pilot? You know, I would say don't ever look at it and think, oh, this is, this is going to be too hard. Um, you know, even though you might be flying a smaller airplane now, an airplane is an airplane is an airplane, and they all generally fly the same. And so it's just a matter of being open-minded and being ready for a challenge and being ready to learn, and, and you'll succeed. And it's, you know, putting the hard work in, and you'll get there. It, it might take a little bit of time, but it's attainable, and, and anyone can do it. Well, absolutely, Josh. I, and this has been just so great having you on. And you've been so inspirational for those that are thinking about this as a as a cargo career. Again, we'll, we'll, if you have questions, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Maybe we'll have Josh back on again. Uh, he'll, he'll maybe write back with some of the answers to those questions. Uh, but, uh, Josh, thanks again for anything else you want to say before we go. Oh, I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me. It's been uh, really great to be on with you. And Josh, this has been awesome. I just like, I, it's, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. I've been watching your career, especially on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, it's just been absolutely wonderful. And uh, if you're looking for some inspiration, I, I tell you, go check out Josh online and, uh, and look at his uh, Instagram. Look at his Facebook page. Uh, always a positive person, and we really appreciate him. But uh, most importantly, we talked about a lot of things in here about becoming a, a pilot, becoming a cargo pilot, becoming successful in your career. Uh, but I would encourage you uh, that if you think that you, you might be able to do this, you probably can. Uh, and the way that you do that is you just get started and you don't stop. And the most important thing is to take action. Take action right away. Take action now. As a matter of fact, right, right before you, 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 you hit the stop button, start thinking about how you're going to write something down. Uh, as to what you might do next. If you're thinking about flying a big jet, the Turbine Pilots Flight Manual is awesome. Uh, that's in our recommended reading list. There's a lot of other good things out there. But the most important thing that I want you to do is take some action. Do something today to move forward in your career. It could be something small. It could be researching. It could be listening to other podcasts about aviation careers. It's, it might be going out and getting help from somebody, reaching out to Josh, sending us an email to ask questions about, hey, uh, I want to know this about cargo flying. Send us an email feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com it could be something small it could be something large but the most important thing is do something today to move forward in your career 
and in your life. Well, we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research.